Organize Me Radio, episode 43, Chaos to Calm, Detroit. I'm Naima Ford-Goldson. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Organize Me Radio. I'm Naima Ford-Goldson, and today's guest is the owner of Michael's Precise Planning, and she is the star in season three of Chaos to Calm on Aspire TV, Please welcome Michael Toko. Welcome. Hi, how are you? I am so good. How are you? I'm so excited that you're here to talk with us today. Yes, I'm doing great. I'm excited. Thank you for the invite. Of course. So before we jump into talking about your brand new show, can you tell us how you got your start in the organizing industry? Well, I mean, I got my start as a little girl organizing my Dow house, um, if we're going to go back quite that far. But um, officially, I was started doing it on the side in 2014 for um, colleagues and family who needed their spaces organized. They know I love organizing. Um, quite a few have been in my home, obviously, and in my spaces and even my workspaces. My colleagues would always ask, how do you keep it so neat? Like, what's your trick? So, yeah, I started in 2014 on the side because um, I have a... 17 year banking background. So I had a full time career, but I just love organizing. So I started then. Um, and it's something I've always thought about doing something that my husband over the last, I'll say probably five years has been saying, Hey, you need to do this. I didn't know that this was actually something you could make good money off of and actually make a living doing. Um, so with the pandemic, um, we were like most people forced to come home, work from home. And I just, it was one of those things where it was like, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be now because I'm at home. I have the time. I have my children. So I'm not concerned about, you know, who's watching them while I'm, you know, embarking on this adventure, so to speak. Um, and yeah, with the support of my husband, my family, my friends, in 2020, I officially launched Michael's Precise Planning, my professional organizing business. I love it. Um, it's it's so funny because I feel like a lot of us organizers, um, you know, have backgrounds in other things. You know, for me, it was media. For you, it was banking. Um, but I also feel like those things, you know, come into play with our businesses and everything. So that's exciting that you had the opportunity to just go ahead and start your business. And um, and now you're starring in a show. So yes, about <laughs> Calm season three. What can we expect? Okay, so Chaos to Calm Detroit. I like to add that because the first two seasons were um, in Texas. So this one will be in my hometown of Detroit. You can expect to see myself and my on-camera assistant, Rodney, um, organizing residential and business spaces. Um, it was so much fun. At first, I was really apprehensive because I don't usually work with anybody. But Rodney was really awesome. He caught on very quickly. Um, and it works out because he's kind of in the middle of a project himself with his fiance. So he was hands on, all in, taking notes, writing down all the tips. So you'll see us um, in spaces like Motown, Hitsville, who doesn't love Motown. Right. Um, we got the opportunity to organize a wine company. So, I mean, I love my wine, as you know. <laughs> so that was very fun. Um, we got to organize a bow tie shop on Woodward. Woodward is famous, Woodward Avenue, for its shop, its businesses, it's a landmark. Um, this particular company, he specializes in handmade ties and bow ties for men. 
So that was really fun, something I've never done before. Um, so yeah, you'll get to see lots of unique spaces, lots of clowning around. We had fun. <laughs> and anytime you're trying to teach someone something that's foreign to them, and then obviously I'm not an actress, so that was very foreign to me. So yeah, you'll see lots of fun that we had to have and ended up having while we were shooting the show. So do you have a favorite space? So you talked about organizing bow ties, Motown. Which one was your favorite? Oh, gosh. You know, I have a couple favorites. Um, I would say out of my businesses, it, it, it had to be Motown. I mean, there's so much history there. It it was amazing to be there. And I mean, just to even hear stories that I've never heard. I mean, I have my mom and my grandparents, you know, you would hear the stories of Motown and seeing Diana Ross and all these different stars, you know, to us, but to actually be there and get an even more in-depth and close up view of these, it was, it was amazing. So I would have to say out of my businesses, it had to be Motown again, because there's just so much history there. Um, but again, I loved all of the spaces. All the clients were amazing. Um, my residential clients, I loved being able to connect with them and hear their stories. As you know, as an organizer, sometimes there's a lot of emotional clutter that goes into these spaces, oh, yeah. um, emotional attachment. So it was wonderful just even getting to know people that I didn't know live right here in my hometown of Detroit. And they're awesome, amazing, brilliant people. So what is your process like? Do you feel like your process when organizing for TV is different than organizing uh, your residential clients? No, not necessarily, which I would say was um, the adjustment piece that I mentioned earlier, obviously, like I said, because I'm not, I'm not an actress. So um, my process is the same. I want to, you know, I, typically I would have a consultation with my client, which unfortunately in this case was not always the situation. Sometimes I would get pictures and I would get an email that briefly described what was going on. Then I would get to the space and try to get a quick one-on-one. -on -one. And it was completely different oh, no. than what was mentioned in the email. I've had that so, happen with clients. <laughs> with clients, yes. So I would say that that was the biggest adjustment, not being able to always have that one-on-one -on -one and get to talk to them and figure out what was going on. Um, but the process in itself, I feel, was the same because, again, I, I would talk to my clients, figure out a plan. I always like to declutter because most of the spaces always need declutter, and you know that. Right. So I always like to declutter. You know, then we get into the sorting, the categorizing before we can do any type of placement, you know, any type of organizing, actually putting things back where they can function. We got, we have to declutter, we donate, get rid of things, you know, and we categorize and we sort. So that process was the same, I would say for all of the clients. Um, there were only maybe a couple of clients that didn't need to declutter, like the bow tie company that I mentioned, he didn't need to declutter as much as he just needed to sort and actually categorize items. Um, because he keeps a lot of fabrics and things like that on hand. So in his case, there wasn't a decluttering um, issue that came into play. It was more of just a lot of categorizing micro, like it was just a lot to separate all of his fabrics out. But the process was the same for, I would say, 95% of the clients. So tell me about the time that it takes, because we know with organizing and decluttering, it can take days weeks, months, depending on the client schedule. 
Um, what was it like with filming? Because I, I assume that you had a quicker turnaround time. How was that? Did you have really long days? <laughs> yes. Um, so my days were typically anywhere from 12 to 14 hours. Ooh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just, you know, trying to get there and being on set. Um, we won't even start talking about when I actually, uh, you know, woke up in the morning, makeup and all of those things. Yeah. Um, I usually, most days was up at 4.30 a.m. Wow. And typically didn't get home till 7, 7.30, sometimes 8, 8.30. Um, by the time we were finished with interviews and discussing the process, um, it was a very different than what we as organizers are used to. Because again, we're typically not going in with makeup and fresh hair and, right. you know, trying to look all beautiful for our clients. We right. have on our comfy clothes because we're ready to declutter, get a little dirty and get to work. Um, this process was so different. We did a space in a day. We had to make sure that we could only select spaces that we knew could be flipped in one day. Um, and with that, there was a lot of rush rush. Sometimes there were shortened lunch breaks. Um, again, like I said, late days, because we needed to flip it literally in those few hours. There are a lot of um, cutoffs and pausing and can you do that over? Can you explain that? And as organizers, like like I said, you know that we, we understand the process in our minds. Right. So if we switch a product or we change something around, we know why we did it. But then to, when you do it and then the producer says, why did you just do that? Yeah. And I'm like, well, because it didn't make sense. Well, can you explain that to the audience? So it was just trying to find that those creative words to explain to the audience. And again, being stopped in the middle of working. And um, again, we're very hands-on as organizers. So even being told I can't do certain aspects because I can't get dirty or we don't need you to sweat or we don't you know, want your curls to fall. Like uh... things that we just don't concern ourselves with. <laughs> Got it. We're a concern from the producer standpoint, you know, right. so a lot of, a lot of adjustments. <laughs> so how does your family feel about you doing the show? You mentioned long days, you have children. How is that? Will they be featured on the show at all? You will hear a lot about my family and about my children. Um, it was an adjustment, especially for my youngest. I have an eight-year-old um, and he did miss me. He's used to me. And again, they were virtual at the time. They were still virtual school. Um, because my son is high risk. So we decided to keep him in that second year. Um, so they were used to seeing me in the evening. Even if I worked, I cut my days maybe around four o'clock. So they would still see me for dinner. So that was a huge adjustment for him. The first, I would say maybe two weeks. Um, and then we did take hiatus weeks in between. So the first couple of weeks was hard, but then when he saw, okay, mommy is going to get like some days off to spend with you, he adjusted much better and then once he saw that hey you can text me through the day like I may not be able to get on the phone and talk to you but you can text mommy I would send him pictures so that he knew what I was doing so a lot of that kind of played into how they adjusted my daughter's a preteen so you know with those preteens they can take you or leave you one minute they yeah. like you one minute they don't so she was fine but yeah my son it was a huge adjustment for him um because he is he's my buddy he's my little buddy um, my husband had to learn how to cook more healthy meals Okay, because I am typically the one who does the major cooking. He's the frozen pizza, nuggets, french fries, hot dogs, guys. Yeah. The night daddy's cooking, we could have pizza roll-ups. 
Um, but it was like, yeah, I'm not going to be here for dinner. You can't stuff the kids with junk every day. <laughs> so, but it worked out. We have this, um, huge air fryer, you know, the, the crisper, like the whole thing. It's huge. I found some really basic chicken dishes that he can put vegetables in there, potatoes in there all together, make a meal. We practiced, um, several times a week, the first few weeks before we knew I was starting and he got, he went from the kids saying, yuck, to this is pretty good, dad. Okay. So I felt better to leave them. Um, and even then he wasn't doing all the cooking again, because I love to cook. So we just kind of had a system. I was home on the weekend. So I would cook a big meal on Sunday that would give them leftovers Monday and Tuesday. And he kind of did like the Wednesday, Thursday, and then they would eat out Friday and Saturday. But that, it, it helped a lot. So there was definitely some preparation <laughs> to get there. Because it was like, I don't want to come home and we don't have a home because you burnt it down. Right. I hope he appreciates that he has an organizer as a wife because it sounds like you got them, you know, prepared for you going off to film and all that stuff. And Yeah. <laughs> it was, like I said, it was a process. It definitely was. So while you were filming or throughout the process, did you face any challenges with it? Um, yeah, like I said, I would say the biggest challenge is trying to flip it in one day. There um, were, like I mentioned, a couple of spaces when we would get there and when I would get my opportunity to talk with the client, it was completely different than the original email that they may have sent to the network describing their space. Um, so one of the clients, when she emailed the network, um, we were supposed to be organizing and making one of her rooms into a closet. Well, once we arrived, that had completely switched and it was now turning into a guest room and a workspace and everything else was coming out. So I bought all these supplies to organize a closet to get oh, there. No. And now I'm not organizing the closet. Oh, no. So yeah, the producer was kind of on edge. Like, can we fix this? What are we going to do? I jumped on my Target app and found a few things for the office and we made some magic happen because, again, as you know, that's just what organizers do. That's what we do. We, we are always thinking of the next step to make the space what the client needs it to be. Um, so, yeah, those were some challenges. Um, and, again, sometimes pictures weren't exactly the way the space was. So when I arrived, it was just chaos. Mm. hence the name of the show but it's more <laughs> chaos than we were prepared for yeah um and then yeah I would say again that the challenges were just you know as an organizer being able to like fully describe products say maybe where we purchase products from um again networks are not giving out free sponsorships so there were times where I would say oh I got this from the container store oh this lovely thing from Target and it's like well you can't say container store you can't say Target you can't say this you can't say that Got there it. were a lot of, you can't say Tetris, you have to say puzzle. So it was a lot of little things that we just naturally say as organizers that I had to be mindful of and constantly, I need you to repeat that line. And I'm like, why? You said this. What's wrong with that? Well, you know, or there's new laws or, you know, you have to consider um, people's feelings about certain things. So then there's certain words where it may not seem like a big deal to us because we know how we meant it, but it's like, well, we want to make sure it doesn't come across to our viewers a certain way. So it was a lot of little things like that, that I would say out of the nine weeks, by week seven, I had it together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
as long as you got there, right? As long as I got there, we were there eventually. <laughs> I love it. So how did this opportunity come to you? Um, I feel like when it comes to Black organizers, a lot of people feel like we don't exist, you know? Um, when it comes to opportunities, Black organizers aren't given as many opportunities as our white organizers. We know this industry is dominated by white women um, and, and they're getting most of the opportunities. So I, first of all, I'm excited that a NABPO organizer has this opportunity, but how did it come about? Did you seek the opportunity? Did the opportunity come to you? The opportunity definitely came to me. Because <laughs> um, like I said, I'm not a... I'm not an actress. I don't consider myself to be a TV personality. And it's funny that so many people think differently. Like, oh, you have such high energy. But I'm a very social introvert, <laughs> for lack of a better way to describe myself. So I'm very much to myself, to my family, in my own space. But I do love meeting people. So I am very social. Um, and they're like, oh, you're perfect. You're a great extra. I'm like, I'm really not. So, you know, a day of work, I had to come home and hide for a few hours. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lack of Black organizers um, in the industry in terms of media. You don't see our, our faces on the screen, um, as you said, nearly as much as our white counterparts. You don't even see us in the business as much because, again, the opportunities are, are given more to our white counterparts. Um I mean, that's a whole nother podcast if we were even to get into it. Really but, is. you know, yeah, I feel that we do have to work harder to establish that trust. Um, they, A lot of clients, they want to know, well, what's your background? How many spaces? How many this? How many that? I've personally seen, even here in Michigan, my white counterparts, you know, get opportunities in areas or spaces. And, you know, if we discuss, well, what did they ask you? Like, what, what did they want you to have in terms of like your, you know, what you were, your criteria, what your background is. And it's like, oh, nothing. We just went and talked and they, you know, they hired me. Whereas with us, that's not always the case. Well, did you go to school? Well, do you have any references? Do you, and nothing's wrong with asking for references. Nothing's wrong with asking about background. I do it myself, but I do it equally mm -hmm. in business in general. Right. It's not a racial thing. Um, so I do, um, you know, we have Niecy Nash, mm -hmm. uh, but outside of her, there's not been another Black organizer, a home decor, just, you know, whatever category you want to put it on. You've not really seen anybody since Niecy Nash. Right. Um, you see a lot of home decor, interior design, uh, organizing shows, building shows, home improvement. It is probably 95% white. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I do appreciate networks like Aspire TV who give BIPOCs the opportunity to show our skills, to show that we do exist because black girls do organize, you know? And like I said, that's a whole nother podcast if we go back to how far we've been keeping spaces together. So, you know, well, it's, again, that's a whole nother podcast. Right. We, we don't even have the time for that one. But you know, it's just, it's like most things where we have to prove ourselves, even if our skills have been there for centuries. Right. It's not a thing until our white counterparts do it. Um, so yeah, like I said, women like Nisi Nash, they created that platform for us originally before all of these new organizers doing all these fun little things in their spaces. Yeah. Nisi Nash was out there long before that. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate, you know, people like her, um, Egypt Sharon, her and her husband, they have 
um, a home design show. I love, so when I can see other Black people, you know, BIPOCs representing what I know we have the skill to do, it's amazing. And again, I appreciate networks like Aspire TV that are trying to give us that platform to show that we have equal talent and it's, you know, it should be recognized. I completely agree with you there. Um, and when you mention people like Nisi Nash and Egypt, I think it's also important to note that, you know, they've had careers and platforms before these shows. So when it comes to our white organizers and home improvement specialists, whatever you wanna call them, designers, um, a lot of times they don't have that background. They don't, they didn't have a platform before this. So it's okay for um, like a white organizer uh, that we don't know who they are to come in and have a show, right? But I feel like, or a design expert, but I feel like when it comes to black people, they want you to have a certain level of celebrity already, which is another good thing about Aspire TV. It's like you take an organizer who is just as much of an expert, if not more, as these other organizers, and you put them on TV and do it your way. So I really appreciate Aspire for doing that and for having this show, Chaos to Calm, because again, we are, there are so many of us out there who, and a lot of, you know, Black organizers who want to be organizers but aren't seeing Black faces as organizers, so it discourages them from coming into the industry. So uh, I think this is great. I hope that um, other networks are taking note. We want this content, yes. you know? Yeah. So, and, like and, and kudos to you because this is like a, a trailblazing moment. I know Chaos to Calm <laughs> had a couple other seasons already, but, um, but, you know, you doing this like in Detroit and doing businesses and Motown and all that, girl, you're doing it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Like you said, we have just as much expertise, if not more sometimes. So yeah, just giving us that platform. And like you said, taking that chance and not requiring that we're already celebrities. Because again, I'm not, I was not seeking a TV show. Um, ironically enough, I received an email through my contact form from the producer. And I thought it was a scam because it was like, well, who sends, you know, <laughs> looking for an organizer through a contact and, you know, I did some research on her. I talked to my lawyer like a smart girl does. And yeah. it was, it was oh, just yeah. like, who is, it was like, who is this? Like, is she, you know, real? And, you know, it turned out to be legit. So when I reached back out to her, she sent me like her entire, you know, background or everything that she's done. And we went from there. And she even told me, she goes, if this is not your thing, you know, let me know. But maybe, you know, another Black organizer that would love to do this in Detroit because we're looking to go to Detroit. So yeah, I wasn't looking for it. She found me on Google. Um, I believe she reached out to Napal, Michigan just to verify that I was like an active member. Um, I think she reached out to Napo also. I think she said she reached out to Napo also. Um, but yeah, just to verify that I was like an active member. But yeah, they want Black organizers. They want to showcase their talent. So yeah, it's important to not, I guess, hold ourselves back because it's dominated by our white counterparts. Um, because again, me as a woman, I feel like if one of us wins, we all win. So for me, there's not a race thing, but the fact that it does exist, we can't ignore it either. So I don't want us to hide ourselves or, you know, play down our skills because we don't see ourselves. Because again, I wasn't looking for it. I hadn't reached out to anybody, but she found me on Google, started following me on Instagram, seeing my work, seeing my interactions, you know, and my stories and things like that. 
And she's like, I love your energy. And that's why I decided to reach out to you. So you never know who's watching. So I, you know, I don't want us again to dial back our energy as black women because it's dominated by white women. We don't know who's watching us and who wants to give us that opportunity to shine and show again, our expertise and our skills. I love it. So what advice would you give to other black female organizers who might be interested in having their own show as well? Get out there, like put yourself out there. Um, again, I know one of the main things that when I interview with, you know, the producer and then the editors um, at the show, they were just like, we love your energy. They want authentic people, you know, so don't be afraid to be yourself. And again, as you're shooting, those of you who know me a little bit better, you'll see, you'll notice the things that I was probably kind of guided to say as opposed to actually saying on my own. Um, but again, for the most part, you know, you're going to see my energy. You're going to see my personality. You're going to see me 100% stressed out if a space is not the way I want it to be. So just being yourself on your social media platforms, wherever it is that you're showing up at, show up, show up, be yourself. Um, again, don't try to be like somebody else because you think that that's what it takes to win. Be Get out there, be yourself, be your black girl power, like show it all. And show what you can do, because that was one of the things that they said that they liked about me. They said, you just had a natural energy. You seemed very comfortable. And I was the same way with them. You know, there were days where it was like, listen, I wouldn't say this or I wouldn't do this. So we need to figure out something. But they will appreciate that. So and again, even, um, you know, making sure you ask your clients for reviews. Like I said, she found me on Google. I have a five star rating. Um, so just making sure you're asking you know, for those reviews to build up, you know, your name as well. Because again, we know that unfortunately more of that is required for us than it is our white counterparts. So we don't want to, you know, be outshine, so to speak, because we know how great we are. Right, right. I love it. Okay. Let's take it a little bit lighter. One okay. of my favorite things to ask everyone, what are your favorite organizing products? Oh, I love me a Lacey Susan. Yes, or or should I say a turntable? Because we're dropping that lazy Susan because it's far from lazy. <laughs> I love me a turntable. Those things are magical. Um, I have quite a few in my house. <laughs> so I would say that's one of my favorite products. Uh, I love drawer dividers. So late, so turntables, drawer dividers. I think those have to be my two favorite okay. because you can do so much with them. And like a lot of these uh, modern kitchens now, like the pantries, Mm -hmm. the, the drawers that pull out, you can even get the dividers in there now to separate cans. So I think they have the most multi-purpose use for them. So I love me a turntable and some dividers. I do. I love it. Yeah. I love a turntable and like a corner, especially when there are like corner shelves and that's the easiest way to yeah. get access to things. You can just turn it around and get what you need. So I feel you on that one. Yes. <laughs> and I, even for like kids supplies, like because mm -hmm. my son would have markers and crayons everywhere. So being able to even like put them in, in craft spaces, they are gold. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Now, um, on a um, not so serious note, but inspiration, I would say, what is your greatest achievement as a professional organizer? My greatest achievement as an organizer, I would have to honestly say is being able to help other women. Um, as you know, it's very rare that we get a call for a man, from a man saying that he's stressed out mm -hmm. in his face and he needs help. 
So to be able to empower another woman um, to be able to take control of her household, implement new systems, new ways of doing things, possibly by involving her husband, her children, but empowering them to feel like they can do it, you know, and to see that stress and that overwhelm removed from someone, that's the greatest feeling. I mean, because I have a family and it's not easy. My husband and I are complete opposite. It took some time to get him on board, but it can be done, you know. So to see another woman, you know, once their space comes together and she's in tears, And she's saying, I never thought it could look like this. You have no idea what you've done for me. Like, that's the feeling that's unmatched to bring that kind of joy to someone, you know? And again, as a woman, I I, I completely get it. It's, we we wear a lot of hats, you know? And even if you have a great partner, there's, it's not the same. We still carry a lot, you know, on us as women to keep things running smoothly. So to be able to empower another woman to do the same in her home and to just feel that that stress relief and feel that calm and that peace in her space, that's, that's unmatched. I love it. I love it. Michael, thank you so much for taking the time. I cannot wait to see you on Chaos to Calm. It's going to be so exciting. <laughs> um, can you tell everyone how they can find out more information about you and where can we watch Chaos to Calm? Yeah, so you can find out more about me. Um, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Michael's Precise Planning. And if you spell it correctly, you will find me. So it's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-E, Precise Planning. Um, and that's my name on Instagram and Facebook. But you can catch me on Chaos.com Detroit Season 3 on Aspire TV. Um, you can stream it on Philo. I know for sure. Um, I'm not sure of all the cable companies that have it, but I know you can stream on Philo. All right, Michael, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to tune in next time for an all new episode. 